Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. My name is Fab and I am your host and the founder of Creative Impact, just in case you're a new squirrel friend. In which case, hello and welcome. Really excited to have you. Today, we're going to be talking about PR and media which, as you may get to learn throughout the episode, are two of my favourite things. Actually, that's a lie. One of my favourite things is ice cream, so we don't count that. But I genuinely am really passionate about PR because I believe it's a great way, combined to marketing, to really share your story, tell your story the best way, especially when you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur and you are trying to get your business off the ground. But even for scaling your business, I believe that PR can be a really powerful way to grow and to actually see ways to connect with people and create relationships. And this is what we're going to talk about today with my very special guest, Naomi White. In case you don't know Naomi, she's a PR coach and consultant with over a decade of experience working in fashion, health and wellness communication. In November 2014, so pinnacle point in her career when she embarked on setting up her own communication agency known as Naomi White Communications, and she specializes in health and wellness, and she has an incredible portfolio of brands she worked with, including Barcore, Sleep School, Boom Cycle, Muji B, and so many more. However, over the past year, Specifically in January 2020, Naomi expanded her business and started offering PR coaching to a repertoire of service. This included something like one-to-one coaching, but also group coaching program, and even an online PR school to help product and service-based businesses learn more about how to get their business seen and heard through the power of PR. So, can we say it's going to be a good chat? Of course we can. Because we're going to go deep. Naomi is not going to hold back when it comes to some of the tips and tricks that can help both more experienced entrepreneurs or people that literally never touch PR in their own lives. And I don't want you to feel scared because really, as I said already, it's all about relationship building. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. As a reminder, if you're a member of the Creative Impact Collective, 
you are in luck because as always, we have some member-only questions that tackle some of the biggest questions that people might have in PR, some of the biggest mistakes, and also they cover a couple of things that you can do to amplify your reach. So if you are a member and you can access these after-party questions, make sure that you head to the collective membership where you can find out more. If you're not a member, as a reminder, you can find out more about how to join us at creativeimpact.group slash collective. However, for now, it's time to hear from Naomi. I hope you're going to enjoy this chat, this interview, and I hope you're going to learn something you can implement this week to harness the power of PR. We're in. We're in this beautiful, we're actually, we're in these beautiful earphones or headphones of whoever is listening. So hello and welcome back again, squirrel friends. Uh, I hope you're great. I have Naomi in front of me and I hope she's great. I am indeed. <laughs> <laughs> this is like projection, like one minute in, I'm already like, I hope you're great. Um, but I'm really excited to be chatting. As I mentioned to Naomi before we jumped in, we're going to be flowing today. That's the theme of today's podcast is flow. It's not really, but we're going to go with the flow. And because of that, actually, we always do a bit of icebreaker because even if we know each other, our squirrel friends and lovely listeners might not know who you are or that much about you. So it's always nice to kind of gear up with three questions. So there's the three quick questions that we're going to go through just to kick off our podcast today. So are we ready, Naomi? We have a ready face. Yeah, we have a ready face. Excellent. My first question for you is, what is a trivia category you'd be really good at and why? Oh, it's going to be really cheesy. Like anything to do with like trashy celebrity TV. <laughs> Nothing intellectual. Like I find I do so much in terms of intellectual chat during work and I'm always on my laptop and I'm always reading some help, self-help development book that when it comes to trivia stuff, Anything that's like super cheesy, celebrity related. I'm like, yeah, I've got you. Basically like the Daily Mail on speed dial. <laughs> okay, now, now I'm going to reveal a truth here. And I want to see if you do it as well. But when I when I catch my husband like reading the Daily Mail, it's like I just read it to catch the spelling mistakes. <laughs> I don't know if you see them as well, but apparently you notice them. <laughs> all the time but they it's, it's because they churn out content so quickly that I can't imagine being a Daily Mail journalist to be honest that the pressure would just be on to get it out so quick that inevitably a mistake is going to be in there but yeah I'm I've got the app on my phone I scroll through just to you know catch up on the latest happenings <laughs> I love how you even got the app that is yeah. okay well this is next level and you know what it's fine I think we forget sometimes when you are obviously making an impact and creative impact, we're all about making a positive impact, you know, with our job, with our work, with what we do and self-development. And it's great. Love it. Um, you know, obviously I wouldn't do something like this if I didn't. Mm-hmm. But then I think, you know, along the way, sometimes we forget about hobbies or about just switching off. And when even switching off becomes another way to better ourselves, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, ah, so I welcome it. Bring on the trivia, bring on the celebs trivia. Are we talking about celebs or are we talking about anything from celebrity all the way to, for the non-British listeners, I'm sorry, Made in Chelsea and sort of Towie vibe? Reality TV, throw it at me, I'm good. 
love it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> I um, just like I like watching things when I finish work that you don't have to you know you don't have to have a brain capacity to be watching them. It's just like free flowing TV in the background. I can ignore it for about five minutes and still know what's going on. To be honest, I think we have a very different definition of like watching free flow. For me, it's usually criminal minds or anything that has got a murder in it. So. You have to be super engaged, otherwise you miss the plot and then you're like, oh, I should have listened in that bit. You should, you should say that, but again, this is going into a very interesting direction. But it is not, actually. Most of the times it's, it's quite based and then you have a couple of like re- reveals where you can actually put in yeah. the background. So whatever floats your boat, somehow I this is... I do like a good murder programme. My friends have always said to me, they're like, if you weren't a PR, I reckon that you'd probably be a police officer or like an investigator. A PI. I mean, I mean, obviously people that are listening cannot see your beautiful glasses, but I could see you as like a very, very <laughs> like confident PI going around and just kind of like a little newspaper in front of you. I think that would be great. Imagine. I think I'd really enjoy that job, to be fair. So now I have a question about actually a job. So again, we might even get more surprised right now. I gather it's not going to be a PI, but what is the first job that you ever had, Naomi, and what did you learn from it? Uh, first job I ever had was in a, a vet's, actually, looking after the little animals. I, I did want to be a vet when I was younger, um, and I used to love animals and still do. I've got a dog now, and he's, like, roaming around next to me right now. But, yeah, it was a veterinary surgery, and basically I was, like, a vet assistant. What did you learn from it, aside from the fact that you love animals? I guess for me, it was work ethic and just having, it was a Saturday job. So it was like, I had to give up my free time um, if I wanted to have the extra money. Obviously you were given jobs that you didn't really want to do, but you have to kind of start somewhere. And I think working from a young age. So I started working when I was four, 13, 14, working from that age, as much as I look back now and I probably hated it it actually probably was the best thing for me in terms of teaching me what hard graft is and getting me to the point that I am today so probably yeah work ethic is probably the main learning of that job it's really interesting because it's something that when I ask this question comes up not a lot but comes up often when I ask this question we think about it and we're still of a generation I'm sure my age that would quite normally have a summer job or a, or a Saturday job mm-hmm. just because it was the way it was and because, you know, you had either like big ideas of what you wanted to do or we actually took a bit longer to figure out what we wanted to do um, as the first big job or career. And I find that, you know, thinking about how things are today or right now, like there are so many opportunities for people to make money or to jump on something when they're really young and it's like, you might lose actually those jobs there because they don't have as much meaning sometimes. You just do them because you have to. Yeah. I think you learn a lot of things from them because also you learn how to do things, but also how to detach from them a bit more. Yeah. Um, and obviously I, I fully understand now that you can't actually get a job when you're like 13, 14 anymore. So it's it's that thing, isn't it? Like we had quite a few years where we could really play around with kind of investigating what it is that we were actually really interested in and just also having that like extra pocket of money that enabled you to do things that actually you really enjoyed outside of work and I think yeah I'm quite I think we were quite lucky that we were able to work from such such a young age but at the same time I totally appreciate you can't do that now unless you're Italian in which case sometimes it happens like the old job in the in the countryside and nobody needs to. <laughs> I think it's I mean it happened then I think it still happens now um, 
Now, the name of the podcast is What Make an Impact? And obviously, creative impact is all about making an impact. Duh. So the last icebreaker question for me will be, what does making an impact mean to you? Yeah, it's actually the first, I think one of the first times I really realized this was one of my best friends sent me a birthday card. And in it, she put, I'm actually looking at it now, it's on my wall. Um, in it, she put, you have such a huge impact on other people's lives and you've helped so many people and you should be super proud of yourself. And I don't think I've ever really thought of my job as that until that moment. And actually I sat there and I was like, actually like, what I can teach people and how I can help business owners has a huge impact on where they are, where they're going, their business growth, everything. Um, and I think for me, making an impact is enabling people to get the word out there about who they are and what they do, obviously through the medium that is PR. Love it. And that leads me to obviously the questions that I have, which are plentiful because fun fact, um, fun fact, like past lives of fab, we should call this segment, which doesn't always happen, but sometimes it comes. Um, I used to be a PR or I used to actually, I, used to, I interned um, as a PR for the music industry because I wanted to become a music journalist. So mm-hmm. we kind of had to do them together in order to actually make some money. And so again, I always had, on the back of my head, which is also something that I want to kind of demystify a bit. And this is why I'm asking you as well. This thing, well, obviously, you know, you would do a bit of marketing and also it was kind of handy to know PR. And again, as a marketer, because that's my obviously my background, aside from what I do with Creative Impact, sometimes I just want to say they are separate and mm-hmm. yeah, and these kind of relationships, they, they kind of interject and they interlap sometimes, overlap, sorry. But they take a lot of time. And I don't think people understand that sometimes that... It, it can be, it doesn't have to take a lot of time, but it can. And also you have to set up the systems and it's not something that will come naturally. You actually have to understand how to make it work for you. So that one of my little pet peeves when it comes to people from, from the outside thinking, oh yeah, PR marketing, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think there's a lot to say about some of these misconceptions that might come up. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. I harp on a lot about this actually, because one of the biggest things I hear from my clients is, oh, we don't have anyone heading up marketing, but you know, that kind of is PR marketing. So that's kind of your job, right? And I'm like, no. (laughs) The way that I explain it to all of my clients and coaching clients as well is marketers create the story, PRs tell the story. So without one, you haven't got the other. A PR can gain you publicity in the media, but if you really want it to be profitable and tell a story with a purpose, then obviously that story has to be creative, created by the marketer, excuse my dog in the background. So they're part of the puzzle. And what I say is that PR is simply part of the marketing mix. There's a multitude of of arms within marketing that you can focus on. And I think, yeah, it's one of those things that until you've venture into marketing you don't quite realize how many levels there are to it um the skills that you can learn but actually once you've learned them and even I've got to this point now especially with the coaching business once you've done something once it's like it's second knowledge but it's the hurdle is getting over the fear of not knowing how to do something so I think we're very good at outsourcing now, but I also think there's a huge amount of power that comes from learning the foundations yourself to better your own learning, but also um, put yourself in a better position so that when you do get someone that you've outsourced it to, you actually know what they're doing and you can provide them with the right information. So whilst these things are all time consuming, in the long run, they're totally worth learning about. 
You touched on a lot of really good points and my favorite out of all of them. What's the name of your dog, by the way? Dudley. And he loves barking. <laughs> I think Dudley was really excited about you, what you were saying. I was like, yeah, mommy knows. She knows because it's true. And again, for anybody listening, obviously, if you have been a, a very loyal listener, then hello. You know what I'm going to say, probably. There is a lot of, I love what you said about there is a lot of power into obviously understanding the foundation for yourself because you are going to listen to a lot of things. You obviously, even just from this podcast, you listen to a lot of experts, a lot of people with different walks of life. And we need to appreciate that some people insert any area. It can be marketing, it can be PR, it can be accounting for a lot of people or finances. There are some areas that you just, they don't gel with you. You're not passionate about it. It's not your zone of genius. Mm-hmm. And I think again, there's two camps. It's a camp I'm just not going to do it. And for some things you can actually, you can not market your business. Is it going to go far? Probably not, but Mm -hmm. you can not market your business. There are some areas that you really need to do something or at least somebody does again, finances or even admin. But I think it's really important to understand what you just said that when it comes to even just having a grasp of the foundation, because even if you don't you don't enjoy it yes you can outsource it and I think that's also important to say if there's something that really doesn't jump with you you can seek for help but even just that minimal understanding of almost what you are supposed to look for or how things are supposed to work can really help you choosing the right help and choosing the right people to support you because I think again I'm going to ask you this was one level of misconceptions but can you think of probably many any other misconception when it comes to I got it expectations when it comes to PR because I think that's a big thing and whether you do it yourself or you get somebody else to do it for you I know that this can misalign a lot mm-hmm. yeah with PR I mean it's notoriously not very measurable it's become e- easier to measure measure nowadays because of obviously online you can see click-throughs to your call to action etc um so like your website for example but I think a common misconception is that there is a guaranteed return and sometimes even working with the most equipped professional in PR they've got years and years of experience that may still not generate the results that you're you're looking for for your business and that I caveat that with all clients that I work with like we are very much as much as you can be a proactive PR we're often governed by what journalists and the media are working on so you often have to fit into what they're doing as opposed to constantly pushing exactly what you want to push. So I think that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to set up my coaching business to help small business owners to learn how to do their own PR, because then at least you're, you you can spend as much time as you want on it and it's not costing you any money obviously apart from time whereas if you're plowing thousands of pounds a month into a retainer with a PR agency and it's not necessarily generating you the results that you're looking for then obviously that's a way uh, firstly a waste of, of money but secondly I think it can also it can deter you from even wanting to do PR because obviously if you're not seeing results from it you're like well this is pointless right but there is also a certain amount of self gratification that comes with being able to do it yourself like being able to say I got myself featured in Vogue or Glamour that that for me is much more rewarding if I can say it about myself than being like oh yeah my PR agency got me featured in Vogue like I don't really know what they did to get there and I'm not quite sure how it really happened, but it happened. So that's fine. Whereas if you know every step 
towards that and you know how much hard work dedication you've put into achieving that your expectation and reward is inevitably going to be higher I think there's also an argument to be made about what you mentioned about marketing and the marketers who actually create and tell the story and shape it and I think you know whether we like it or not there is no better person or people to that can sell the story than ourselves and Actually, on that note, I'm going to ask you something a bit more advanced because we do talk and we have talked actually in the past, not just in the collective in our membership, but also in the podcast a bit about PR. And I have a question that maybe is a bit more for people that have either done it themselves or outsourced. And it's something that I think a lot of people don't really talk about. Mm-hmm. What would you say is, even if you're doing it all yourself, like, you know, your clients, your coaching clients that you help to do them themselves, yeah. say they want to still do a bit more. Mm-hmm. And maybe they want to seek some sort of help, but they don't want to necessarily hire an agency. Let's say they, they got you, you help them, you, you give them a structure, the strategy. Is there a way where people can still offload some of the elements that you would say kind of works? Is there something that can be done? Like whether it's just a more admin side of things or just kind of tracking and following up, or would you say is not really feasible? Because I think that's also stopping people a bit. It's like, I know there is a lot of work and if I have to do it all myself, I don't know if I'm going to take it. So what would you say to a client that might have this kind of objection coming up? Yeah. And I get it a lot with my coaching clients. The first, so my, my coaching is 12 weeks and the first six weeks are quite intense. That's obviously when we do all of the foundational bits, like building a bio and a press release and a strategy and all of those kind of things. And, and with that obviously comes a lot of time and effort, but once you've got those things done, you've got them. So the kind of things that I say to clients that you can outsource and then repurpose for PR is like copywriting. So if, you've got a blog and you have someone that helps you with your blog posts well then you can repurpose those for PR purposes and and pitch those in if you put together social media posts and it's like five top tips or 10 ways to or things like that like can you again repurpose those for PR pop them into a strategy so some of my clients have VAs that help them with the with the kind of the strategy side of things and putting that into an easy to understand spreadsheet template, organizing their diaries, that kind of thing. They also have people that help them out with like research. So you could give a VA a brief to say, oh, can you like buy the last or read the last three women's health magazines, for example, and identify an opportunity within there following this brief and who heads that up. And then also, can you try and find their that journalist's email address for me? So there are things within PR that you can definitely outsource, but the bit that you really want to get your teeth stuck into is nurturing the relationship with the journalist and sending the pitch yourself. So it's kind of like the end is what you really want to handle yourself. The foundational bits, like you can get someone else to write your bio. That's like, you can outsource that quite easily. You can get someone else to write a press release. But when it comes to, yeah, making those relationships with journalists, knowing how to pitch to them, that's that's the bit that I say, don't outsource. And I'll be honest, I... I learned so much about actually getting creating a system for myself when I had to, because I think that's the thing also, like when you have a project, it's easier. When I had my second book, Reclaim Your Time Off, coming out this May, obviously time of recording, but I had to actually think about, okay, I have a book and a lot of the PR was going to come from me, at least half of it. Like my publishers did something, but I knew. And I was like, okay, I need to create the system because writing has now been an issue for me. And I think it's just 
I realized that because of the project, I had to get my shizzle together because I just had to, there was a deadline. But, you know, when it comes to, and that's probably also why even just having help from, um, from a coach can help because at least you have a deadline, at least you have a plan. Otherwise, yeah. it's something that you start and then you haven't really created the systems and the habits yet. So you don't yeah. really know how to follow through with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of my clients come to me for accountability. Like it's not that they... They don't necessarily know what they're doing, but it's that they need someone a week on week out being like, this is your to do list. This is your deadline. Send this over to me by this date. And it makes you do it. I've had a business coach for that very reason when earlier on in the year, actually, and I was just dragging my feet the whole time before that. I was like, I need to do this, this and this. But every day it's on my to do list and it just gets pushed to the bottom because it's not a priority. No one's making it a priority. I think that's probably one of the downsides of being a business owner is that you can choose your priorities and it was inevitably is never the thing that you don't want to do so yeah for me having a coach in some respect is accountability now I'm gonna ask you a hard question because I think it's a great way to kind of almost uh wrap up a lot of the conversation and I'm gonna say it's hard because I'm gonna ask us to put a little hat on and think forward into the future actually looking first looking back so looking at how PR and media relationships have changed with 18 months of pandemic. Mm-hmm. So how has that changed? There's two questions in one. Yes. And then uh, where do you think it's going? Because again, a lot of people like this is coming back to normal, but I think things have changed and obviously have changed in a lot of ways. But I'm wondering whether that also has happened in the way that PR, media and these relationships have fostered the type of content or anything in between. So what changed in the past and how do you think, where do you think it's going to go? Yeah. So, well, if I actually start from how much PR has changed since I've been in PR for 12 years and it's a totally different ball game now compared to what it was back then. So it, it's constantly evolving in terms of the pandemic. The beauty of the pandemic, I hate to say that word, but there, there probably was a positive when it comes to PR, is that it really made especially digital publications strategize and shift the content that they are publishing because all we had as consumers during that time were the four walls of our house and media whether you're talking about tv you're talking about radio you're talking about newspapers whatever it is online content like we were all digesting a lot more information during that time so it really pushed media to think outside of the box about what consumers want to read and I think that will only have a positive impact in terms of the future because it just makes them think harder. In terms of the impact that it had on the PR industry, obviously I'm health and well-being. So actually it was quite positive for me because it made everyone think about health and well-being a bit more. But if you worked in the travel industry, for example, then it wasn't such a great, great time. But in terms of if we gave the example of like building relationships with journalists, actually the pandemic made things a lot easier for people because no longer are we required to go to meetings to make friends with people and have a chat to them like actually an email is sufficient an online event is now sufficient and so I think in a way PR became a bit easier during the pandemic to get through to people and people are a lot more forthcoming in terms of doing a zoom meeting now like I have probably two or three zoom meetings a week which is great like I don't have to leave the house it doesn't take four hours of my day to do one meeting and so that for me is one of the biggest positives and I also think the pandemic made journalists appreciate PRs a bit more because obviously 
without us, they couldn't churn out as much content as they were doing throughout that time. In terms of the future and where it's going, obviously digital media will eventually be everything. I think there'll always be a place for print media, but I think it's quality print media that will really stand the test of time. Obviously, like public, you've got publications like Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, and what have you, the, the kind of like coffee table, glossy magazines that people, they don't necessarily buy to, to read back to front, but they like having them there and they look great on a shelf. I think the more, the niche titles and the, the not so well-known titles, they will probably all shift to digital because obviously you cut costs so much, but I don't think that that's a negative. Again, I think it means that there's more opportunity for businesses to get featured. And at the end of the day, most people have businesses now that are online. So really you want to be gaining online coverage because the ideal situation is you get featured in the media, you get a URL link to the website. And so therefore people can find out much more about you very instantly that's actually a really good point and I want to just add to that quickly because we we shifted away to work with people obviously we're doing a lot of let's talk about the brands so product-based brands because we obviously serve them as well and had events and that was kind of our way to say something offline and that was great then events were cut (laughs) to the chase completely and because we launched during the pandemic a digital magazine which kind of doubles up with the content we have on the website, but also has got some unique flair, obviously. Yeah. We found that it was actually a lot more uh, appealing for some of the brands that maybe were not able to commit to some of the things we were asking them for an event because there's a lot more money, more costs, more time. And as you said, because, and this is what I'm saying, this is a case study in itself, because a lot of brands will come to us and say, well, at least I can track how many clicks. At least I, I know that as much as possible, this is going to really go into an actual place and it's great to have the mentions and it's great to have the exposure but again it's just these little things so we have seen ourselves the positive uptake that brands have taken and not just brands even just individuals that maybe write a piece for us for the magazine you can see really not just the, the exposure and they're happy to be there because it looks nice and it's a bit different and it feels special but there's also an element of at least I know People don't have to then get their phone, put my handle in and find it. Nothing wrong with it. But as you said, with the pandemic, I think, and with everything that happened, people have become a bit more, I guess, rightfully lazy because they can. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Exactly that. I think, yeah, I agree. Especially when it, well, even like newspapers, I read them online now. I don't buy them. So I think for me, Definitely. I think it has made people lazy, but also I think it's had the advantage that actually the readership of those publications, even if they are print and they now have a digital copy of the print, it's only a positive because the readership will inevitably grow. There there will always be people who want to buy a magazine and a newspaper, of course. Um, But for those people like me who need to read the Times on a daily basis, I'm certainly not going to go to the shop every single day and buy it. Thank you so much for all the goodness and wisdom and joy from you and Dudley as well Dudley did join us for a break. he's now he's now asleep which is what happens all the time he's very active during during a whole call that I'm doing and then as soon as it finishes he's like oh snap time <laughs> I think it's time now to leave them leave them to themselves uh, so thank you Dudley we're leaving us is leaving us with actually a really big question which is the hardest question the question that we ask everyone mm-hmm. every single time and Naomi, this is our question to close off. If you could have brunch with anyone, dead or alive, who will this person be and why? Oh, God, that's really hard. 
Um, if I could have any, I don't know. Is this something that people easily answer? We tend to have some people trying to kind of buy time, but not as much as you would think. Usually people go with the first person that popped into their heads and then we can unpack that sometimes. Oh God, I don't know. This is where it's probably not to my advantage that I watch too much reality TV. Um, if Okay, okay, think about this. If I could go for breakfast or brunch with anyone, who would it be? If it's a Taui star. You know, you know what? It's actually not going to be anyone famous. It will be my uncle who passed away recently. And the reason that I say that is because he was the wisest most knowledgeable person that I know in all areas of life and whenever I sat down and spoke to him he always gave me the answer so it would be to go for brunch with him I love it see sometimes it's the simple ones that's great thank you so much see did it yeah once again thank you I'm pretty sure that we probably left a lot of listeners with more questions now (laughs) we've got some of them answered now people have got more questions so if they want their PR questions answered where should we direct them? You can ask them on Instagram. So at Naomi White Communications, come over and follow me. Um, I also have on the website, there's a contact me page. So if it is something super specific about your own business and you want to ask me, feel free to, to fill out that form on the contact me page. I get back to everyone. So come over into my emails. But if you just also want to come and join me for a bit of PR wisdom um, on my website, there's actually a a PR target media list Kickstarter that you can subscribe to. So it sends you a list of like 90 media publications um, to inspire you in terms of where you could potentially gain your own PR and do your pitching. So subscribe to that on the website and you'll get a dose of wisdom in the PR world. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpact.co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.